Welcome to Futures Forum, mind-sharing ideas, innovations, and best practices. Hosted by StoryCraft Lab in partnership with Hub. This episode is about learning from experience. For today's conversation, we gathered industry experts from Intel, Hub, Fruition, NASA, Opus, and PCMA. Hi, Mark. How are you? Hey, Hi. Mary. Hi, Jenny. Made it. <laughs> there. All right, you guys. Thank you for joining the first uh, Monday official kind of get together. We're really excited about this, not just because we get to chat to you all, but um, also because we get to talk about stuff that we love. Um, uh, just with a kind of positive mind frame, uh, looking ahead uh, to the future. So I'm going to share my screen. Amelie, if you want to give the voiceover to uh, your presentation, that would be awesome. We're calling it the Virtual Engagement Attitude Survey. Uh, and we've, we've just kind of pulled the live results um, as we see them today, the 30th of March. Um, so we're on to here, um, question number one, which was a pretty broad question. Um, basically, we have good news. People are not as miserable as we all think they are. <laughs> um, a lot of, I would say, the majority is in between inspired and content. So inspired, engaged content are mm-hmm. um, make up almost 70, the majority, probably 80%-ish. And we also res- uh, recorded a lot of other responses. So um, things that didn't fit the bill for people. And that came across as they... How do you feel about your work life? It's some were feeling focused, but also exhausted, stressed, unfulfilled, disconnected, frustrated, handcuffed. So most of the other responses are negative, but in total they come to about like 15% of the responses. So not too bad, it would turn out. We were chatting about this anomaly and wondering whether we would go through, because there were, for this particular question, um, a fair number of other responses mm-hmm. we were chatting about how we might go through and see if we can align those sentiments with the fours and fives or ones and twos and those scores and whether that would be a worthwhile exercise yeah and i i wonder too naomi that um and obviously you're, you're just on slide one so I'm, I'm sure there's lots of, of of other slides but i also wonder like what type of people are they are they working for a corporation or a supplier it's a good question so mm-hmm. I feel like we should figure out our audience profile a little bit to segment it because someone that is, a, you know, a part of a general show decorator like Freeman may be feeling totally different than, you know, someone that's in a corporation where their events are continuing to move forward. And so it just might be yeah. the audience profile. Oh, so right. Yeah. And it's uh, the, there was a conversation that we had as we opened this up, you know, are, are we specifically trying to talk to people in the events industry? Uh, are we, you know, because that's obviously um, where a lot of our focus comes from as a, as a collaborative here. We're, we're all kind of with that, um, uh, with that as a kind of sense of uh, our primary lens. But I, I think that um, there's also a perspective just kind of generally out there in the marketplace, how are people reacting to this? And I think that kind of comes through actually in some of the comments, right, Amelie, at the end where yeah. um, people are kind of declaring <laughs> how their previous experience is impacting. And it is quite unique. Um, it's, it, this whole situation is like unifying us um, in the sense of it doesn't matter in which industry you are, you 
most likely are working from home through virtual meetings. And um, there is a difference between the large group meetings, which is referenced here, um, 15 plus people. People still feel like they're connected through these calls, but um, they're also, they're not excited about them, that's for sure. Um, a lot of um, responses feeling overwhelmed and unpredict, uh, unproductive, as well as kind of disconnected and dis uh, disengaged. So we were also talking about changing the language because isolated didn't seem to get a lot of love just in the last two days. There has been one person, I think, or two who clicked it. So it might be rather than a disconnected or an overwhelmed rather than an isolated for us. Mm -hmm. um, small group chats definitely um, are the more preferred method. And I think we can all agree with that. We get to talk and actually unmute ourselves. Um, and feeling um, most people feel content, excited, and connected through those. There were very few other responses. Um, difficult but workable and impatient were the responses, but the overwhelming majority is happy with small group video conferences. And connected, that leads to people feeling um, a lot to moderate amount of being connected to their colleagues. Um, which again is the majority uh, is positive and or negative depending on how <laughs> much you like to be connected <laughs> um, which also the no for if the in-person product would have been better or process it's very much a close call a lot of people love it seems that um, virtual can partially replace the in-person interactions. But also this question we realized is quite open. The other responses we got are usually like, depends on the thing we're working on or it depends on the process. So there is a, it is a quite an open question that might uh, benefit from either further like answer options for people. And then um, the preferred methods have all to do with, I think, the seeing each other. Video chat, video conference, and one-on-one -on -one conversation um, are the ones people like to connect with their colleagues the most. Um, and I think it just is a signal of our time at the moment that we'd like to see each other's faces. And from a lot of talks we had, it seems to be that the most engaged people are when you are actually seeing people on the screen. You know, it was really interesting. One of the comments that we uh, heard through a kind of creative discussion group that we had on Friday, uh, where, you know, one of our members, Nigel, um, who you can probably tell from his name, he's also an expat, he was uh, talking about how um, the video components of video conferencing really allowed him to feel more connected with some of his colleagues than he would have done otherwise and actually more present like he would pay more attention within the meeting because he knew that his level of attention would be engaged by kind of what he looked like um, but you know and as a result he was more present during meetings than he would otherwise be you know just by going into kind of a standardized conference room you actually end up connecting with a colleague um, the example that he gave was he went to kind of a really big, uh, a really big meeting that had many, many people on, kind of that 15 plus scenario. 
But they had planned the session so that they then used, kind of, I think it's Zoom breakouts or Zoom rooms um, that allowed them to take kind of subgroups and have them go away and work on uh, a specific kind of workshop uh, task or uh, that they then came back and shared out to the group, just as you would do within a normal kind of meeting environment, right? Um, but he said as a result of that, he was paired up with, well, uh, there was a trio, there were three of them. He knew one of the folks that he was working with, but the other curator he hadn't worked with before, didn't know, but found himself in this kind of really um, interesting experiment where he was kind of cast into her living room. Her living room was cast into his they kind of shared this awkward experience of working through a project virtually together. And he felt like coming out of that interaction, he really knew that lady uh, beyond uh, the degree to which he would have normally interacted with her in, uh, in a conference room environment, right? Um, so he, he was suggesting that he was actually more connected as a result. I was gonna talk about some of the insights from the yeah. Yeah. ended questions. And, you know, so we just pulled out some kind of key quotes that help hit on what we thought was really interesting. Um, and so the first one being about, you know, how, how has this kind of remote situation changed your relationship with virtual meeting technology? And there's sort of, you know, the mix of reactions. Uh, one that was interesting was kind of talking about like never getting a break from screen time, which totally makes sense. I mean, uh, even when we're in our, our work life scenario and the physical you know, office, while we're oftentimes in front of a computer, you're still having, you know, the freedoms of, of interactions. And uh, this person also kind of mentioned, I social distance from video hangouts this weekend. It kind of like puts this uh, interesting kind of thought process on, you know, now that we're only in screen time, how do we kind of, you know, address the, you know, the physical nature of, of being able to connect? Um, and then there's also the comment that we all thought was really great with, about like just reinforces muscle memory. It's not a particular new experience. So, you know, the idea of muscle memory is this like very, you know, this physical thing that uh, you do like learning how to ride a bike um, and just kind of thinking about, you know, we're so, we are like these digital creatures now. We're so comfortable with using these technologies in general at different levels, but um, we're all, always on our phone. We're always on the computer. And now we're just kind of building this out into kind of a muscle memory. So I thought that was interesting. And then how actively do you participate in virtual meetings? Um, and what encouraged you to engage? So, you know, one person was talking about that they were less engaged because it's awkward <laughs> because it's harder to pick up on the typical cues. Um, another person kind of went off of, you know, fits with this sort of idea where they're talking about the discomfort of, you know, interrupting or disrupting people. Um, and yeah, and so there, there is that kind of barrier of, of not being able to see things and feel things the way you normally would, um, which, which can be uncomfortable. What, what's like sort of the etiquette of, of like these, of if we're gonna constantly be living in this environment, what are, how do we kind of navigate that in a way where it's not so awkward and we're talking over each other? Um, and then, yeah, and then I was, I was kind of thinking about like the age factor, you know, that there's like this, uh, you know, kind of feeling, some people feel so much more comfortable with technology and have been, you know, we've been using Zoom 
all along, but what about sort of this, this like age gap? Um, and this one person was talking about how they're, they're the youngest person on their team and they don't often feel heard, but since they're, you know, uh, I'm going to call her a she, I don't know who she is, <laughs> but since she, you know, since she does feel that way and she is feeling more comfortable to technology, it kind of gives her a chance to assert herself more, uh, which is just an interesting dynamic. And then has this experience changed how you feel about attending virtual events in the future? And, you know, one thing that feels important um, and kind of came up in this and another, and another question is just kind of missing out on that kind of authentic engagement, like the side conversations that happen. You know, the things that when you're at a conference, you, you know, you, you have a lot of choices that you get to make. And, and you get to act on that in a smoother way. So that being sort of the question, like how do we create these kind of spontaneous moments of engagement that, you know, take away, that aren't awkward and that kind of um, feels rewarding. That comes up a couple of times and, and that feels like really, really important. And that, uh, that all, all virtual uh, would be ideal, but there needs to be a balance. So, and it hits on sort of those questions of what kind of learner are you? <laughs> and are you introverted or extroverted? Uh, people kind of keep making this comment that the introverts are winning right now <laughs> uh, because they get to live <laughs> in a way that feels more comfortable to them. What have you learned about using virtual technology uh, in order to connect? Um, so one person kind of brings up like we need more structure and setup, and that, that that's like really really important to have a really rewarding connection, uh, which makes so much sense, <laughs> um, especially when you think about the virtual etiquette. You know, how do you kind of maintain an environment that feels really productive, but um, you know everyone is like feeling good in that. Someone else is talking about how when we think of digital workplace workplace. Um, it's these uh, technologies that have been developed for efficiencies. Um, so I feel like this person kind of hits on the comment that I was making earlier about the side conversations. It's like, you know, if everything, if you're constantly in each other's face, um, maybe you're in, in, in your boss's face, like for a really long time, like it, it kind of, it does take away from some of the, you know, natural flow of kind of like being able to step aside or, you know, get on off topic things. It, it, it kind of puts an interesting structure on stuff. So yeah, that's that's all the stuff. So real quick, I love those. So the verbatim feedback, that's that to me is the hidden gem within all this, if not the gem, right? Especially the the comment referenced around inclusivity. The 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 environment, online meetings allowed somebody to feel more included, right? Sure to speak up. Right, so you're going to get more out of your participants, in my opinion, uh, in in those settings, and uh, a better result. So, thank you for sharing those. I, I enjoyed mm -hmm. those. I, I have a sort of comment also in that, um, as I shared last week, I used to be at the Museum of American History, and I know many many of you, Naomi, Katie, I recognize you, yeah. Amelie, from there. Hi, um, and I've since moved to NASA, where, as I also shared, since we're spread out around the country. You know, our group is very comfortable working in this way that we frequently have um, facilitated conversations uh, where we have someone you know in our centers who's doing all of the technology for us now we're doing it for ourselves at home so I'm sort of used to being in this world however stepping back into my day in American history where 
you know, my job, and I was in meetings with, with some of you doing this, was really to facilitate frequently difficult conversations. I wonder how, you know, this, this new reality. We're losing, you. We're losing you, sorry. So I think what, Lauren, um, just to kind of recap what I think I heard you say, one of the things that you were fantastic at at Smithsonian and will carry through your career is the ability to facilitate difficult conversations, right? Um, so, you know, the question I think that Lauren is wondering is, you know, now that we're interacting in a different way using this technology, are we interacting more productively? Does it kind of put some confines around our interactions that uh, leads us to kind of uh, interact more productively with one another in this setting? Uh, I was going to say, I, I, I think it's an interesting topic too. And one of the things that we've been talking about is like people's I've been working remotely for three years. I think other people on this call have worked remote, so I'm very used to it, but I've seen my team like that, you know, are used to going into the office every day. They're getting more comfortable with it. So you see that converting to the event attendee, like people have sort of, a lot of people are like, oh, a digital event. Like, no, I'd much rather go face to face, but our overall as a society kind of comfort with this as a way to meet, I think is going to, we'll see that as a trend. Um, with meeting mm -hmm. in not that it's going to necessarily take away from the live, but I think we'll see like larger digital engagement, which is kind of exciting for the brands. I think it's mm -hmm. quite interesting. We also had one of the comments. It was just too long to put in our <laughs> review, but it was about being like an extroverted introvert and how you deal with your personality when you're at a conference, but also now that it's all digital and. Um, it was mentioned that, you know, at a conference, there's certain coping mechanism if you need some time and if you need to take a step back and that the digital, although you're all by yourself, theoretically, <laughs> um, it's quite hard to get that downtime as well as an introvert because it is ongoing and you don't have this, like you can step aside or maybe quickly pop out to the restroom or the person also mentioned that you know then the family is also calling and wants to do video calls and usually the, she could do things like uh, pop in the call and still cook or do laundry or things like that and now with the video that is actually kind of hindered and it's a bit like you know the good thing about paying attention and being thoughtful in front of the camera and knowing oh my god i'm talking um is also the negative where that person cannot um kind of out. <laughs> there is no checking out when you're on screen <laughs> right it is interesting too like i saw chris capicella who's a vp at microsoft um post on his linkedin the other day and it's interesting how you're getting a glimpse of people and their personal lives too because when it used to be when you were working from home you know you'd be like kids don't come in here no interruptions like it's quiet time and it's just been interesting to watch some of the social norms relax in terms of people expect that your dogs are there people expect that your kids are there and it's almost like opening up this window to an entire person versus the business um persona that they have that i actually like if I find beauty and I, I am craving beauty in all moments right now because of what's going on, but I do find beauty in that where I feel like I'm getting to know people on a little bit deeper of a personal level by them opening up their homes and opening up their lives a little bit more. But that also could go to the personality. Maybe you're a personality that hates that and that might be really difficult for you too. <laughs> 
I agree. And I think also going through a crisis together is um, a plus. Yeah. Yeah, there's such a shared experience right now. But, you know, I think as we're hearing all of this input, um, whether it's kind of the quantitative data scored things or whether it's simply the beauty of those qualitative comments, people reflecting on kind of what they're experiencing and giving their ideas um, on kind of how it works for them. There's a lot of reflection and kind of self, self-reflection on how people work individually. Like I, th- I think we are, we're turning the lens internally, <laughs> each of us to understand our own experience. Um, and it's, it's causing us to ask some broader questions. You know, what, what I'm hearing is that that diversity of ability to engage in a virtual format just as it is in the physical world, it's going to be important, right? So we go to a conference, and I think in the physical environment, we're all quite comfortable with the idea that we all learn differently, we all process information in different ways, and therefore we accommodate that with a variety of experiences. And I I think we're also going to have to do the same thing virtually. Uh, You know, there are going to be the folks that do want to tune into the webinar because they can have it on blast in the background, while they're cooking, while they're doing other stuff. Um, But then they're also going to want to balance it with those interactions that are in-person and face-to-face and still meaningful, you know? I'm loving these insights. I think that um, I'd like the qualitative as much as I like the quantitative, so I think it's really great. You know, we've been working from home and having virtual meetings and, and things for so long that much of this seems like second nature to us. So it's, and I've probably moved through a lot of the emotions and insights that you guys are talking about over the years, because it's definitely been an evolution for us as well. It's a little bit nostalgic to some degree to hear some of this. And some of it is just things I never would have thought about. And I love, um, being able to be part of this. I think it's going to go a long way uh, for just for for our day-to-day, but also as we evolve our events. um, It's just, it's it's really going to be impactful, I think. I do want to point one thing out is that this may be a systemic change for our events as we move forward. Events now, as they're planned, may have two components, may have that on-site live entity but as part of the base package has a virtual element virtual piece to it whether it be on the front end or the back end to and it just extends the life it extends the reach of events nowadays ali you had uh, we had chatted very briefly about the uh, experience of um surveying and kind of measuring at, at microsoft and you had mentioned to me the the bluetooth approach and how that can be um, sometimes a, a, a challenging kind of argument to make internally to get attendees kind of agreeing to that and participating in that experience, right? Uh, we did that at Microsoft Envision, oh, it must have been three years ago, maybe, um, four mm-hmm. years ago, and and uh, everyone's instant reaction was, what's this thing on the back of my badge? I want it off. Like, I don't want you telling my employer when I went to my session and when I was in my hotel room. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I think, it, you know, there was a lot of proactive communication that we had to say, we're looking at enriching this experience. Your data is normalized. We don't know who the person is. We just need, you know, we just know the role. So there was this like talk script that we had to really think about evangelizing because everyone was terrified of Big Brother. Um, so mm-hmm. it's interesting how the majority of people, even when hearing that, still would opt out um, because they just don't like the feeling of, of being tracked per se. Um, mm. So it's just an interesting uh, perception to try to overcome because the data can be so incredibly powerful. Um, mm-hmm. It's way easier if they're all internal. You can just tell them, shut up, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, it's not, well, actually, it's not that easy. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> right? We, that's why, yeah, that's why we targeted the instructors, right? Yeah. And we were incentivizing with, you know, free, you know, limo trips to and fro the airport for with them and their two of their best friends, right? So um, as a, a random drawing. So we're, we're trying to incentivize it. We have run pilots, larger pilots with Bluetooth before. This was when Loop was out, still semi-viable. Um, <laughs> I think they're retired now. But the, the technology itself has come a long way, but the internalization and the fear has not gone away. We were also chatting at one point, Ellie, about the possibility of kind of allowing attendees to see and access and cre- correct, in some cases, any of the data that might have been uh, collected by them. You know, if you think about the Amazonification of the learning experience, mm-hmm. so you liked that experience, well, how about you try this session <laughs> uh, in half an hour? Or, you know, you didn't rate that one so great, try a different track, try a different facilitator, and actually kind of you open up um, the the data to allow attendees to get in there and really kind of get their hands on it um, and to drive some of the algorithms or correct the algorithms. Um, you know, it's that kind of consumer behavior that is constantly doing. And I think you can do that without Bluetooth. So there's, um, I mean, there's so many ways of, I think too, as we move to this virtual world, people want a lot more value packed out of a short amount of time. And so by thinking about how we can give recommendations and how then we can get the feedback and whether the recommendations are working or not, I think that is a step towards people understanding how data can actually enrich their own experience, not just data for the company. Mm -hmm which you don't necessarily, it's not treated the same, same way as Bluetooth. So it's all just here, let me help you with your experience and then getting that feedback to really help people get more value out of a short amount of time. They become agents of that. Um, So, you know, that's a a different way of thinking about measurement um, in that it becomes measurement at that point becomes more of a dialogue (laughs) about, you know, how, how we can craft experiences collaboratively as an opposed, as facilitator, as participant or attendee, right? So I know um, that Mary, I'm wondering if you've seen any kind of really interesting approaches to, to measurement, um, especially kind of in some of these exhibit and event environments. Just in thinking about the virtual events, that's all our clients are talking about right now, as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, we execute between five and 600 events a year. And we have had a couple of really successful events. So Microsoft just did one and they, you know, obviously really care about data. And so they wanted to get um, 
in session information and even more important now because they're trying to figure out are people engaging how are speakers um, being perceived and how are the formats working and so so some of the points we were talking about earlier it's like what can we learn from this how can people evolve their content if virtual is going to end up being a big part of events moving forward which i think it will um, what can we take from this so one of the things that was really interesting were the number of comments during the sessions. And so that was a really big surprise. There were some, some sessions that had 8,000 comments along the side. Wow. Huge engagement. And so you would not, it would be very hard to measure that during an in-person session. I don't know if they were able to capture sentiment or you know what the topics were and try to look at trends in that way but i think the just the sheer number of comments was really encouraging um they did a post event survey that was um fairly standard we did ask questions about the really focused more on value than satisfaction and i think that actually was a shift we were able to make because of the great conversation that we had in Long Beach. Um, and so we're, you know, I think that's a, that's a good positive. Yeah. Not just were you satisfied, but was this part valuable? Was the content valuable? Was right. valuable? So I think they'll be able to get more actionable learnings from that. So I think there's going to be some good things right now. Everyone is just, it's just this triage mode. And then, you know, my team at least is able to help say, okay, well, you know, let's use this how we can. So the measurement piece, it's just what I, you know, what we were able to see with Microsoft so far. Um, but we do have a few more coming up. So um, I'll, I'll report back once I <laughs> see where the other <laughs> learnings are coming in. Everyone else we're talking to is still trying to figure it out. There's no magic. One platform is the Shangri-La. So everybody's trying to do this integration, which is challenging as well. If it's helpful, I can send out, we've done product demos with the top 40 virtual event providers over the last two weeks. And we sort oh, of wow. logged pros and cons with each of them. Um, I think in general, mm -hmm. what I'm finding Mark across all of our corporate customers is that yeah. It, it really depends on what type of event they're doing. The platforms like On24 and Intrato are the most popular uh, per se, but they're usually in the six figures and like high six figures, depending on the size of the event. And really all they are is a content distribution platform. So there's no engagement. So there's no you know, human to human connection. You can't book a meeting with an expert and have a virtual room like you would in person or you know, book a meeting with an executive. So it's all just sort of let's get the content out. Um, and I think that's where the biggest opportunity is for the industry is yes, content is queen and we all have to consume content, but how do we also think about one of the reasons why live events have stayed in place even after 2008 is because of that human connection. So we have to be focusing so much more on how we connect people virtually so they have those same moments of serendipity. There was also a reference to um, content, adjusting the content for consumption and virtual. Right, it's no longer a sixty-minute foil flip. It can't be. Yeah. Right. It's a twenty-minute. It's a twenty-minute class. I'm, I'm wondering if we're seeing, you know, what we're seeing from a content adjustment standpoint 
for uh, virtual consumption, as well as the duration of the sessions, right? Has the duration changed? Is it now, is it, can we do two hour online? You know, 120 minutes, or is it getting closer to that 30 minute, um, or even that 10 minute micro learning format? Which is kind of lesson planning, I think, you know, and kind of going back to, going back to the basics of that lesson plan and figuring out how to bring some structure in. Um, so there's, uh, there are, there's a, a group called Liberating Structures that kind of came up with a bunch of different ideas for um, creating conference-based or kind of team-based learning within meetings. And, you know, I've been looking at that um, and thinking about the possibility of going back and just literally virtualizing all of those. You know, we've, we've had this um, ongoing preference for the face-to-face, -face, but it would be um, an interesting exercise to take the concept of the formats that we have and come up with the entirely virtual uh, reality version and then the, the hybrid, right? Because that's the next piece of the puzzle is kind of how we hybridize. Well, thank you um, for coming along today, you guys. It's been great to see everybody's faces. Hopefully you've got something out of the conversation um, and we'll keep meeting up on Mondays and, uh, and sharing insights and I appreciate seeing everybody today and hearing from you. Thank you. Thanks for Thank you, Naomi. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.